and welcome to the 35th Keen Minds podcast, where we're covering the 21st and 22nd episode of NBC's The Blacklist, which was Mr. Kaplan Part One or Mr. Kaplan and Mr. Kaplan: The Conclusion. I'm Jen, aka Takata Cycle, and I am Tessa, and I have a blog called Criminally Sane. And what an episode this was! Oh, I'm just I. I still think I'm going to start a rewatch relatively soon. I haven't decided yet if it's just going to be four in redemption or if it's going to be a complete season rewatch. It, it needs to be a complete season rewatch. I just don't know if it will be. Um, it's going to be a long I, summer. I probably should be a complete season. Rewatch. I am going to do them all over again. In fact, my plan is to rewatch. I'm not going to be very active in the blog. Except for new theories, but I'm I'm going to rewatch first season four, and then I'm going to rewatch the whole thing. Yeah, I, I'm still deciding, but regardless, I have a feeling that things are going to keep shifting and changing. And I have a a new writing project I'm about to embark on as soon as I finish. I'm I'm at the tail end of my um, my AU. Hargrave Drabble series that I've been working on for anybody that follows that. And I've got a new summer project I have planned. I have a couple scenes jotted down, some notes. And I have to make a big decision on whose bones I think those are before I'm able to really get started. Oh, yeah, the bones! (laughs) Because that's the one thing I had no idea about. And I was like, okay, this finale is going to really see where I'm going, which direction I'm going with that. Because the project's meant to to figure out where redemption's going and I knew that, that the main show was going to come into it but now that's that's the zinger I'm just I'm still undecided on it's um it was definitely it, it's it's actually my third favorite episode it um I think my first will always be of a special place in my heart with the um with the first one, with the, um, the pilot. with rank, yeah. Well, I always call it Ranko Zamani, and then the Kate May, just because Kate May was very rich in mythology and superbly acted. Uh, but this one is definitely um, this is the third. This is a you know it, it, I had the director, but this one just oh it's, my god, it, it was awesome i've liked it more and more i've done a couple rewatches now so i think i've watched it three times fully through and i was joking with someone today i said i think that i haven't quite worked through my kate kaplan feelings yet because i was so angry at her after what she did with rest and the route she went but i love kate she has always been one of my favorites of red's team and and I'm very fond of his team in general. I mean, it just like there, there are no, none of his his close knit team with Baz, Dembe, Brimley, Kate, any of those. Like they're all just utterly fantastic. But I think Kate's always had a very special place in my heart. And to lose her in the finale, I mean, I knew it was probably coming. It's still, I still haven't quite worked through all of that. I don't think emotionally. I am. It, it was a hurt. Spe- spectacular scene and Susan Blomard killed it. Oh, it, that woman. I she will be so dearly missed. Oh my god, what a what a way to go out with a splash. Yeah. Like, <laughs> really? 
<laughs> you had to go there. I had to go there. Come on, that was just begging the. <laughs> It was just it was just an amazing amazing episode. I I loved um I loved how you know true to the promise and I always say go back to the to the character to the promo pictures of the epi- of the season because they tell the arc of the season. And uh, you know we got a little deranged in season 3 because of the pregnancy the real life pregnancy which kind of forced things that I felt would have been here in this season force them into season three so we kind of have a kind of a swap of the seasons uh, but if you look at the season three they kind of happened during the season four and then you we have in this season we had uh red like the face was coming off like we, we were peeling pieces of the mask yeah, and seeing it's... the real man underneath and that this episode truly, um, we went behind the magicians. I, you know, like I said before, it was a magician. It was a a, a a trick. We were seeing the colors and the cape and the hat and the rabbits coming out of the hat. And hello, here we have we have the rabbits. We, I mean, the the symbology, the, the semiotics of this of this episode were absolutely terrific. But don't stew the rabbits because he likes the tickle. And a little tickle, exactly. <laughs> she likes a tickle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, of course she has sorry. To yeah, leave it to Brimley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he he likes his pets. I mean, the 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 camel, the boa constrictor. Uh, it wasn't a camel. It was a llama. Llama. Oh, it was a llama. Okay, okay. Sorry. Yes, the llama spit, which is terrible, and um. It's it, it, terrific, terrific um, uh, way in which we have gone beyond the show to the dress rehearsal to now seeing how the magician actually does the trick. This is the man beneath the mask, beneath the mask. And you see how he scrambles, how he bluffs his way through things, um, how he's never too sure of things despite of what he says. What about that opening? I mean, and granted, we'll get to Red in depth, but what mm-hmm. about that opening to the first, uh, to episode 21, where he's sitting there, he's making a deal with a terrorist. That's certainly mm-hmm. what it's alluded to when he says, mm-hmm. I don't like your little, your dirty little war. I mean, so you assume with all the clues there that he's selling weapons of some sort to terrorists which Mm -hmm. by the way just another hint red is not a good guy not in the traditional sense he does very bad things he is a villain to an extent even if in the process of our show he's an anti-hero he does horrible things to further his criminal empire um it's i don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing well selling selling anything to terrorists is always a bad thing but i i think that that was kind of a reminder that red is not above doing horrible things we always see a much lighter side of him yeah yeah is the the act is the magician with the people in the auditory and and the color smoke and and it kind of takes takes part of that rough edge that that red has that because red is like a diamond in a diamond's caught hard diamonds they caught and he does, and I, 
he does what he has to to survive. But what I found so interesting about that scene was how smooth he was, how how completely chilled and un, unruffled he was, as this man is screaming at him that he's gonna kill him, waving his gun in the air, and he's like, "The shipment's coming, but if you don't put your gun back in your pants, you're not getting anything." He's just completely unfazed, even though you know under that mask. He's probably going, what the hell is happening here? Because he knows. Don't tell me this thing is also. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, if, if, if one account of Red held 200 million and they disappear, I imagine that by now Red is down to almost nothing. Well, he made the comment to, to Kaplan in one of the episodes. He said, you've taken everything from me but the hat on my head. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is down to bare bones right now. Did you see the motel he was staying in? I mean, this yeah. is Raymond Reddington. He's a high-class man. While mm-hmm. he can stay in a, you know, backwater sort of little situation, I don't think he prefers to. I mean, no. he, he likes his glass of scotch. He likes his finely tailored suits. He likes his nice hotels. Mm-hmm. He likes his, his private jet. By the way, is anybody else worried about Edward? Because I've been worried about oh, Edward. Oh, Edward is a goner. Or else, you know, but being Raymond Reddington's pilot, I imagine that Red always gave him something to protect himself. Like, well, how about if you give them this and that would be your way out? Or maybe he left the plane unattended because of this. You know, maybe when Red disembarked the plane, he said, go stay at such and such hotel. And if you don't hear from me from so and so, here's an ID, flee the country. That's what I'm going to hope, because Red does take care of his own, for the most part. I mean, like, if they're loyal, he takes care of his own. And he knew what was going to happen. He knew that that uh, thing had one outcome. There we go. He went there to kill. Yeah, he went went there to kill this guy. He had hoping to avoid it, but at that time, it was unavoidable. It was one of, only one of them could survive, so he did what he had to do. Yeah. Um, so, getting into the characters, um, because, like I said, we can get into Red. I, I've, I've got Red at the end of our list because we're so much with him. And Red and Liz and Kate, they're just so in- intermingled in this episode, of course, like, like they have for multiple episodes now. I, I want to start by, by referring to Penna Baker. Man, Cynthia was hard. My God. Yeah, you know, like, don't, screw, don't screw with Southerners, okay? <laughs> says, I don't care. I don't know. I have no idea how you're going to do it, but you were counting on my help. Yeah, I kind of got the same. I, I'm just sitting there going, seriously, like, these guys have been busting their butts to do their job for their country, doing what you people have said that they have permission to do. Ah, just like Red. And and suddenly, because it's a PR fiasco, you're throwing them under the bus? What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I was so That's mad at her. And that is, I think that that is, that was lesson, uh, that was the first hard lesson for the entire task force into the world of Red. I did think of of you during mm -hmm. Cooper's response to her. He says, where are we going to go to regain our our, uh, reputation? I loved that line, by the way. Mm -hmm. But I thought of you and your theory about people shifting over to Halcyon at the end of Mm -hmm. this. Because that that would be an interesting twist if that's that's kind of how they regain yeah. their reputation since they all went private. Yeah. I mean, I well, I think Cooper would probably retire. You know, he could be a consultant or something. Poor man, give give him and and uh, his wife a chance to rekindle. 
Well, that 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 I think is is where you have seen this, and this is an interesting thing. It's a it's a kind of a passing of the baton, as if you if you must. Of wrestler has now joined firmly the gray. He, he even is getting his picture taken in that uh, cement mm. uh, hallway, this narrow cement hallway where uh, red people live. And I called that one. As soon as I saw that picture and saw what this thing was going with Hitchens, I said, oh, he's going to do something bad. Both of us have been calling that since three a, or since 4A with Hitchens. Because, I mean, the fact that they went out of their way in, in uh, Esteban... Mm-hmm. To say, you know, for him to to pop off at her and to, you know, just just the situation. Was it Esteban? There, there was, what, yeah, there was I, one of the early four yeah. A episodes. You in did which, it, and I know, and he kept poking and poking at yeah, her. Yeah, he, he kept prodding the the sleeping bear there, and she is mm-hmm. such a she was such She's an obnoxious a, character. She was a delectable villain. And she was. I and loved her. The actress, I'm blanking on the actress's name, but she was fan-freaking-tastic at it. Um, Christine Latke? Yeah, I think that was I, it. Um, like, And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that she was, you know, terrible, horrible, like I, I hated the character as, as in the actress. Oh, yeah, no, she was no, delightful. She was, a, she was a villain you love to hate. And, yeah. like, every time she came on screen, I loved it, but I also was like, wrestler something horrible is gonna happen don't do the thing (laughs) he did and i knew it i did my little dance there you know when everybody was freaking out i was doing my little dance i knew it i knew it i knew it um it was a very vocal episode i'm sure (laughs) my squeals and my little victory dances were heard around the globe um the roomie and i actually scared the cat to the point she had to go and cuddle on him a little when the whole Saram kiss happened, like in unison, we oh, screeched, of course you would go like in like happy, happy squealing. Like yeah. I mean, I'm surprised we didn't shatter windows. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was squealing about different things, but I yeah, definitely well, squeal I'm a about. I definitely squeal with with uh, when the um, uh, Hitchens died. But in yeah. relation to Panna Baker, man, that woman was cold. Mm. I loved her. See, I, I mean, I, I loved her. She was great. Really? Because like, I'm yes. sitting there going, "Lady, they have been doing their jobs for their country." Like, I love. How, how are they supposed to have any trust in their government oh, at this oh, point? Oh, I loved her because it feeds. It's giving a nice entry into some parts of my theories, and it's like. This, this two episodes for me felt like, oh, yeah, I'm getting all my theories lined up and they're all coming like little dogs in rows and they're all lining so pretty. And I had a moment of doubt when the bones happened until I said I examined the situation and said, no, they're OK. I'm good. So my victory dance was pretty extensive. I'm, I'm actually sure I missed most of, of uh, Saram Kiss because of, of my victory dance. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. <laughs> By the way. Um, I know this from gifting it. It was nearly a ten-second-long kiss. Just mm-hmm. saying. I mean, those yep. two. Um, yeah. <laughs> for for on-screen airtime, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it was. It was nice. Anyway, we can get into that with Saram and Aram right. and Samar. So Saram. we are we are going now into. Uh, let's go into Cooper. So Harold Cooper. 
We already mentioned the the comment about uh, where are we going to go to get our reputations back. And I love that the episodes opened with a lot of that. And so it's almost like, it, you remember in season two when he thought he was dying and he walked into the interrogation room with that guy and he was like, I'm dying. I have nothing to lose. I just cut the feeds and I can do whatever the hell I want to you because I'm dying and my team comes first. And I feel like that's kind of where he is now. He's like, my reputation, everything I have ever cared about is about to be thrown away, potentially, because of what we've been doing, what we were told to do. And so he takes that moment to go, okay, so what do I need to do personally? What do mm-hmm. What is something that, if I'm already going to be in trouble... And it doesn't matter, what do I need to do on a personal level? And it was go through and run that test for Liz. He said, I should have done this the moment that he walked in the door and brought you in. Okay. I, I have a very, very different approach to that. Not not in a contradiction to that, but I'm looking at it from a very different point of view. Into and Cooper's... we too, which makes yeah. this po- which yeah. makes this podcast interesting. Yay! And by the way, for anybody that's tuning in for the first time, Tessa runs this from a very... Theoretical (laughs) point of view. Sorry. A very theoretical, and I I am more of a character analysis. And so we do come at things from a very different approach, and sometimes that leads us to very different spots. Mm -hmm. Not because we necessarily disagree with each other, and sometimes we do. Sometimes we just straight up disagree with each other, and that's fine. We can can disagree without hating each other. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? What must be a rarity? A dying breed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead. But but the uh, w- the way I looked at that is like I I noticed because at first I thought he wants to do something for Liz, but then I realized and I looked and I always say to you know people who follow me or to listen to me here. The words matter tremendously because people have a human tendency to hear words, interpret them, and then go on from there on from that interpretation. And I always say, no, go back to the words, not your interpretation of them, because your interpretation will kind of ebb and flow as you get more information, whether the actual words are the actual words. And he says to Liz, you will know whether Red is your father, which led me to believe because I've been watching Cooper very intently. Cooper is a very interesting character. Harry Lennox is doing a terrific job. You know, I'm, even though he's he's a character that exists, it's not the central one of the of the um, show. To me, it it is still a fundamental character because he's one that knows red from the beginning that makes him very interesting and i did make the comment that i I live blogged the night of the episode i somehow i just knew that it was going to happen because i haven't live blogged in several Mm -hmm. episodes i don't think but i took my computer in uh into the living room thursday night because i was like this is going to happen and i made the comment on tumblr i said tessa called it Red and Cooper have worked together, and you have been calling that from for quite a while now. Yeah, that they I, they it, had prior history, and I 
I think I disagreed, best I remember, uh, yeah. that, that I didn't think that was true. So kudos yeah, that, that was, Tessa Collins. That was another, <laughs> another, I tell you, that we're like victory dancers throughout the episode. And one of the things that I was so sure about is because when you rewatch episode one, 101, you realize there is a little smile in Cooper here, and there is that little smile when Red is teaching this to think like a criminal, and Cooper is looking at them, and you know that he knows what the relationship is. He knows who Liz Skin is. And the moment that Red surrendered and spoke, uh, asked the, the man to, uh, to speak only with Elizabeth Kin, and Rosser asked, who the hell is Elizabeth Kin? Cooper gives a little like side glance and I knew it. I knew it. It was like the right there. That's a beauty when you have a, a script that, that will support that kind of actor and that those little acting uh, choices are fully, fully um, supported by, by the actor. They're terrific. And, and that, you know, I've been knowing that. And it's like the way Red asked about the wife. It's like, you know that there is a history there. They're not just, they didn't just quite pass along on the road in, in Kuwait. See, I didn't get the impression at during the episode or anything like that that Red knew prior to the, to the, uh, the blood test there, the DNA test that, that they were actually related. I, I don't disagree. Um, I, I think just it's, say... I think it could be possible either way, but I do, I, I like I said, the, the big thing that I noticed was that he does have a history with him, like you just said. He has yeah. a history with him, and I, everything you just said sums it up. You know, yeah. they it's shown, and there was a respect there from early on, even if they didn't like each other. Uh, well, there were... A strange sort of respect. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's hard to describe because they mocked each other, but there was still an underlying respect. Yeah, it's a, you know what? It's in a way both were navy, both were intelligence. So their game in their friendship is is tinted with that not super everything out there, but kind of like I'm gonna walk my way around because I know that there are things you can't say and there are things that I can't say. So you kind of have to read me and I'll have to read you. I'm so, I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm exhausted from that episode. I feel like I've been like building up all these theories and then finally like the doc started to go in the row and I'm like, oh, Finally, I'm getting things right. I'm reading them correctly. I'm sure the next season they will slash and smash a few of them. But hey, for now, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, it's... I I was left with this, I need to know more now. <laughs> like, the four four months, I suppose, it usually mm -hmm. is. Th three and a half, four months of, of summer hiatus is always killer. And I, I tend to do my traveling at least for a little bit during the summer. So, like, mm -hmm. I always feel like it's broken up. Uh, last year, I actually did two weeks, or, like, two and a half weeks worth of travel. And so, like, there was actually some some breakup to the summer and other things to do. And I'm not in school anymore. I just work. And so I'm, I'm just looking at it and going, all there is is a continuation. Like, <laughs> I'm just, there's, there's no blacklist. <laughs> what mm -hmm. am I supposed to do with my summer? <laughs> I go to work, I come home, I sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Oh, you can. And you can I'll do, still be online. I'll still be writing. <laughs> in this thing, you can actually go and look at that first episode now. Now that you that you that you've seen 422, and that you've seen and that you've heard my theory, go back to 101 and tell me whether you think that Cooper didn't know. Okay. Okay, you're twisting my arm here. I'm going to have to do an entire series rewatch. Come on. Oh, I know. I'm a terrible person. Why do you person. do this to me? Because I told you that my favorite character is Raymond Reddington. Twisting arms comes easily. That's fair. Just don't pull the gun to my head. We'll be okay. Because my yeah. favorite character is Tom, and you might pull the trigger. So. Yeah, I know. I know. Especially I know. He's my right second. Now with where they stand. So, um, Cooper... He says also, you will finally know, not we will finally know. And I think that that's an interesting thing because he points out that he knows. He just needed to get that thing to Liz. And the reason he hadn't done it is because he was respecting Red's right to tell his daughter at the time that he felt it was convenient. See, I came at it from a little bit different perspective. Mm -hmm. That phrasing, yes. I, I thought it meant something, but I, I felt like, because he, best I remember, he delivered that envelope unopened. Yes. And he, so, and so. He wasn't expecting by, to share the res, the, the results. Yeah, of, exactly. Of, and so by you will know what's going on. It's like, if you want to tell the team, you have the right to tell the team, but you don't have the responsibility or the expectation to tell the team. Um, that she is welcome to keep that to herself. And that that's kind of where I come from it. Um, but saying that I can completely see your side of it and either one could be correct. So who would, should we continue with? Uh, let's go into a ROM, which will also go into Janana, uh, Janana, wow, <laughs> into Jana and to Samar. Okay, so starting in on a ROM and... His loyalty, like the the epicness of his loyalty, just gave me all all the best feelings in the world. It just it was a rom to the T because yes, he likes to follow certain rules and he's uncomfortable straight up breaking the law. But when it comes down to it, he's willing to go to prison to protect he's... his friends, and that's not a question. It's like, why would you? Why would I don't want immunity? I want I'm gonna stand there with them. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if anybody ever questions he's part of the team, if anybody ever questions he's part of the team, this right here, he is part of the team. Just because he doesn't go out into the field with them, I've always said he's amazing. He's he's a badass in his own different way. Yes, he may have cried banana. He's not exactly training combat but it is he's a badass and he's a brave brave man and for Raymond Reddington to uh, strike a friendship with with Ram the way he did and, and when he saved Liz he went against what Reddington asked him to save Liz and that is that takes bravery Oh, it does. He pointed I mean, a gun at, at the director in sweater vest. He he's done great things, and and this was, and this was furthermore the proof of Aram coming a long way from the episode where he had to, from uh, one ten where he had to go into into psychiatric uh, evaluations and write a diary because he has shot at 
terrorist, a guy who went in there killing people. Well, it just... The, and the lady that was interrogating him, because it really was, it was an interrogation that they were in the middle of. She was, she was angry. I, I don't mm -hmm. know what her deal was, but, and, and I, I have no idea. I've never been subpoenaed. I have no idea what that's like. But she just seemed very angry and very forceful on everything and maybe she was trying to scare him because rom is he, he's he's a babbler he you know he gets yeah. nervous he babbles and I, i'm gotta I'm love him for it but hmm? he oh that was great he used the bible he this time he fully he basically what he did was a filibuster <laughs> I, I would vote for rom any day of the week <laughs> he was running a filibuster with babbling and I, I don't know, and I'm, I'm doing it. And I'm like, I mean, it, and it was, it was wonderful because even though John and kind of walk into accept into going in there, and he's like, it's a bad idea. At the end, he stands for what he believes, and I believe that that has been the case of Aram since the moment he's yes. gone on screen. Well, he's I'm never changed. He's, he's been more scared, less scared, and he had found within himself, you know, his. The, the, he's always had at his own moral center. He's never been like wrestler, the Boy Scout. He's always known that there are things that may be legal, but they're not right, and there are things that are not legal, but they're right. Yeah. And I think that 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 distinction it's what makes him. And if you if you if you look at my theory of the promo pictures, Aram has a picture in the Great Corridor. Yeah, he's not I, just in that void. Well, he's a hacker. He almost has to. I mean, even if it's ethical hacking that he does, he, yeah, well. he is aware. I mean, it's kind of like Dumont from from mm -hmm. Redemption. Oh, I wanted that, to when, bring D D D Dumont here. That I would be awesome. Dumont in a rom. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's kind of like Dumont from Redemption in which he was like, yeah, I know people from those circles. I, you know, it's... And so, if he does, if he, I mean, granted, he was related to them, but you know what Rom knows some other hackers that probably don't have quite as strong of a moral compass as he does. Oh, yeah. Remember when he went uh, undercover in The Architect and he said, no, you need somebody who can speak the word, the world, who can speak the language, mm -hmm. who will not stand out like a sore thumb. And I think that's exactly what, what this episode kind of like brought this all back. And at the end, you know, we're getting this epic Ram saying, I will go to jail, but I'm not giving up. I'm not writing people up. And you cannot force me to do that. And you cannot take my right not to self-incriminate. And I loved that. And I, because I, I just love that so much. It's like, these are the, Oh, I just I I can't. And, and we know that this that is part. all going to come back sometime. This is this is. I mean, we know that this is both at the same time a summation in of of the four seasons, and but at the same time, you know that this is at the same time a setup for the next for the next part. Yes. Uh, it's just it was awesome. He was awesome. Let's talk about Janet. I, I was about to say Janet. I I love and I like Janet. I do. I don't. She's a Janet. great character. A, a lot of Saram fans are not fond of Janet for obvious reasons. I I am a huge Saram shipper. Yet 
I was fond of Janet. She's snarky. She's it's it's a honey trap that went wrong that she fell for the mark. Blacklist, I think it was Blacklister two one four that said it best over on Tumblr. She said the issue is and the because I I put up a parallel the other day of Tom from because I've seen a lot of parallels trying to be drawn between Janet and Tom and you know the the Keen Squared and mm-hmm. Abra- I don't know what you would call a Ram and Janet. Yeah, but it's not it's know, not the same it's it's not, a relationship. But, but the issue was that, that Blacklister said she said, you know, Janet and Aram were not in love and that that's the difference. But the the parallel that I drew the other day after the episode was Tom from season two in the Tom Keen episode where it's where he said, you know, I don't care what happens to me, I'm here for her. And Janet from this last episode where she goes, I didn't think I had It a was choice. about me. I, I, I'm sorry they were going to take my deal away. I didn't have a choice. And mm-hmm. it just, and it also draws back to this beautiful thing, which just highlights Saram in all of its glory. I know. I'm, I'm showing my shipper colors. I really don't care. Um, <laughs> but Janet told Samar a few episodes ago, she said, you just don't understand Aram. You're jealous because I know Aram better and you don't. And it was just kind of like this ha ha ha, you know. And Samar's just looking at her like you're crazy. And yet, in this episode, Janet thought she knew Aram. I mean, because you could see it in her face. She thought he was going to walk in there, sell his people out, and they were going to pull some task mm-hmm. force voodoo magic and be able to skim free on the other side because as soon as Samar walked in she goes oh good you're here you can get him out she just thinks that they can pull any strings that they want and get it done yeah so- I, I also think it's interesting because in a way she was she they went by some reason so either it was Kaplan who told him to go after or Gail somehow found that that who how on earth did they find out about a ram the one that is not in the field because remember they they were gail went to the field and saw them in the woods so samar so wrestler well it was how on earth did they get to cooper how on earth did they get to to a ram those are classified files so how on earth did they get to that i i think i do know that trail they someone said or i think it was wrestler early in in episode 21 he told gail when he was when they were having the discussion when he was like no main justice did this mm-hmm. and he said you've seen those i think it's sei 7 yeah. he yeah. said you've seen those files so obviously gail has gotten a hold of those files he's been able to see some of them he's gotten yeah. clearance to see some of them which is interesting by the way go into mm-hmm. that later but he has seen some of those files. Ergo, he has seen... It's possible that he's seen the uh, the Architect's file, where they ran across Janet, or the Thrush's file, where they ran across Janet. He could have run into any of those files in which Janet was highlighted in them. And if he found Janet, he could follow it back to a ROM who followed it back to the task force. It just depends on which files he's gotten a hold of because we don't know. He could have just as easily but run he across... But they're boxes, boxes and boxes. I, and that's what I'm saying. It just depends on which files he's gotten a hold of because he could have just as easily gotten a hold of the Tom Keen file and tried to subpoena Tom Keen. That would have been funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, he knew. No, my point is, 
they knew, they not only knew the names of task members who are not generally out in the field, whose names would not be precisely known. And somehow, either Kate gave him those names, but that is before he actually known. gets in touch with Kate. Yeah, so there Kate is something about Gail that, that he has information from other sources other than what it seems. Because going after, after they went after what they perceived to be their weak link. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that he's gotten a hold of all of those files. Of like but, like but you enough. said, there, there are many, many files. But if he got a hold of the right ones, it could have led him to Janet. That could have led him to the to a yeah, but how, he yeah. hoped he hoped would lead him to the rest of the task force. But Janet was the one that led him in. He, she oh. was the one that led him in. Or, wait a minute. He followed. One of the mo- interesting things is that. He has Marcos Tanita's body there, right? Remember, we've been talking. I hope they ever tell us what on earth happened to the head, you know? (laughs) And there it is. We still don't know where the head is. (laughs) No. So I imagine that after he went home, if he had still had the head, he disposed of it. Yeah, but where? Rest didn't have the... I mean, what did he do? It's well, like he tried to up some woods in the middle of nowhere, turn off his uh, his uh, hire a car with a uh, with a GPS and go buried in the woods. That's simple enough. Yeah, for anybody else, Mister Boy Scout, really? Hey, season even one Boy Scouts fight for survival. Season but, one wrestler. <laughs> but but this is but my point is he goes for Makotanida. There is nothing. Where on earth he knows that Makotonida relates to wrestler because he found the records of what Mako, the Makotonida killed Audrey, and from there he knew who's to whom was the head presented. Yeah, maybe. I like. I, I think they're probably. It's very open. It, once we found out that Gale has access to at least some of the records, that he was given access to some of them, it opens up for the writers to just have a field day with picking and choosing where they need it. It, it really does. It's a brilliant move on their part because it opens things up in a believable way. Unless somebody is feeding information to Gale. Maybe. I mean, he's got multiple routes of information. Mm-hmm. Regardless, back, back to the Janet and Rom and Samara. And but that they, whole... they, they definitely went for the for the weak link there. What, what they thought was the weak yeah. link. They thought well, exactly. Rom would be the weak link. Which means that whoever is giving them this information is nobody on the team because the team would have said, no way, he wouldn't give, them up, give us up. So the information they may be getting is from somebody else or some of the files or and whatever no, it is guys it's not tom <laughs> no because Just tom to would throw that known. out there because anytime anything negative happens it's like you have somebody in the family that goes maybe tom did it and you're like no. oh i know i mean he's he's the cause of the fire he's a costless hey you know uh, what there field. were tornadoes in the dallas area the night of the finale i think tom, tom keen did tom. it yeah, totally but Tom. but in this case, Tom wouldn't make any sense either because Tom is one that knows firsthand that 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 
some the ram is not one to back off easily. Yes. So that's just so not flying. I I loved the fact that Janet thought she knew so well how Aram was going to act. She had that. She she had something that was going to save her, save Aram. So you know, she she thought she had it planned out. If he just yeah. talks, he and I will be fine. And I don't know if she she thought that the task force would be okay, or if just she and he would be okay. I think she would have been totally cool if just he and she walked away. Yeah. The task force all went to prison. Yeah, like as that long was as fine. She, as long as anybody in her circle was cool, she was cool because. That's the way she is. She doesn't understand because she she hasn't gone through a full redemption arc. How can she understand? No. Well, plus, plus it's a different... I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that, that, that Tom will care much for people he doesn't care. But Tom cares Janet because hasn't Liz done, cares. Yeah, exactly. But it's a... You know, Janet has not gotten to that point in her story. Now... It's possible that she would reach that point in her story. Uh, Blacklister made a, a comment on Tumblr. She said, you know, if she ever finds someone she loves, yeah, she could probably have her own redemption arc. Mm-hmm. But for the for the point of the Blacklist, that was not her purpose. Her purpose was to open it up for a ROM. And I've been saying that for a while, that Janet's... I've been telling all of my Saram friends, all of my Samar friends, all my ROM friends, a- anybody in that little camp over there, I said... Janet is a means to an end. I said, I like her. I don't hate her because she's not sticking around. She's not ruining our ship. She is a means to the end to open a ROM up to see that he and Samar have gotten so burrowed down this season, especially in the second half of the season, so angry at each other. They have just built the walls up and up and up. Every new thing that pops up Instead of opening up to each other, they've just built the walls a little higher and gotten a mm-hmm. little more irritated. And I, Samar, I totally get that because she is having an incredibly difficult life. She comes from a very she comes from an intelligence background. She's very untrusting because of that. Totally get that. And that is why I love that she is the one that took that step in this episode. She took the step and she went in. She was planning to just out janet and have her day and be like see i told you she was a bitch walks in and aram makes a comment about he did he wouldn't know what to do without janet because she had been his rock through all of this and samara makes the utterly selfless move to keep the information to herself and i Mm -hmm. don't think the moment that he realizes i mean because you can just see it in his face as it clicks with him oh it was a beautiful reactive moment it was and he just he has this moment where you can just see it and he goes oh my god she could have just taken that and rubbed it in my face and yet she took my feelings into i have been so wrong and i know i've heard people make the comments that that you know they have a lot to discuss and yeah they can do that that's fine that's next season they can go on their dates and have the discussion the king yeah yeah they're just not making a soap opera yeah that's good for me i'm good yeah i'm good I don't need to see it. Don't make this too dramatic, guys. Uh, and th- that's what I said about the fight between them. When they were at each other's throat, I was cool with them just being apart and being irritated at each other. I still loved yeah. the characters individually. It's when they got so catty with each other. It was like... I actually liked it. It made sense. Uh, not the I cattiness. Mean... The cattiness was over the top. I was not a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's... Because the thing is... When you have someone, like when it was Liz and Tom, 
Liz is a main, like the main main character, and so you had enough screen time to be able to work through those issues. You, you had the depth there. It with so with Samara and Aram, it just at least to me, it felt like. But we've it, seen. I mean, we've had a okay. lot of episodes center on them this this season. We we've we've seen a lot of the characters. I was fine with it. But the most interesting thing that that happened. Um, with them was that moment when he walks in and Cooper is just says, Have nice to see you back. And he has just realized, and he could have probably gone home, but he came back to tell, to tell Samar that he knew what she's done. And, in, and that to him is when he, I think when, when he realizes that there is a lot more than Samar yes. and that uh, with, because and I, I also think Samara is such a Samara is a it's an imposing woman. Yes, yes, she is incredibly intimidating. I would be intimidated by Samara if I walked up and met her. I mean, <laughs> she's and, and, intense. I mean, cause she, yeah. she's not only just a total badass, but she's intense. Yeah, she, he told her that you're intense, and I feel what's going to happen to me. And I think that that was the moment, you know, as we are seeing red the real man underneath the mask, we had a couple of moments when we saw the real Samara under the mask. And Samara is in many ways like Red, even when she's hurt. You know, it reminded, Samara had a couple of, of moments this season that were very interesting, very, very Red-like. There was one in which she's worried about something, but at the same time she's saying, there's something wrong with this situation. And she's the one who keeps watching out for for Janet, and that's how they find out what's going on. And that was a very much a red move, move that so much that it reminded me when uh, in the wedding in three seventeen when Red says, you know, Dembe is like, oh, I'm sure she didn't mean it. And Red isn't somewhere in another space. He's still protecting Liz. He's still thinking ahead what's going to happen. Um, so this scene to me was like I go back to that is that like you see you've seen Samar do a step back and think of the situation in its entirety and that is a and that is a thing that made her human and that I think is when when Aram realizes of her depths. Yeah, I definitely agree that I mean, it's it's seeing the layers. It's the same thing that makes us fall in love with the characters as viewers and. Oh, I just that that moment because I was a little, I was telling another fan. Uh, if anybody follows uh, Whimsy and something over on Tumblr, she's fantastic. If you don't follow her, do it. Um, but I was telling her, I said I was a little scared with everything that they had done with Saram. That I was by the time they got around to fixing it, I wouldn't be okay with it. You know, because they just done so much damage, and like I, I don't like it when writers damage, 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 and then oh look, here's a magical fix it all. You know, mm. for characters, I don't like mm. that. I'm like, no, you gotta build them back up. If you're gonna shatter them, build them back up slowly, carefully. Yeah. I actually liked this. They they found a way that they could do it, and, and there's still a lot to, a lot of work to be done there, but that. They can do it off camera. For yeah. Me. Oh, and that, that's fine. Like, and a lot of the Keens had a lot of stuff off camera, but they they found ways to comment and say it to know that it was being done off camera. Yeah. And and they can do that with Saram. I'm fine with that. I, yeah. I'm fine if someone on camera. I, but Samar also has very nice moments. 
on her own because oh, she's oh, oh, yeah i mean did did you like the moment when she's with liz in the car and they and they got dixon and they're like yeah we're not going to take you oh i love you. i love liz and samora as as team like i know i, I love i love the liz and, and wrestler team but I'm really fond of Samara and Liz. I'm like, I these badass Samara women, Liz. Th- these badass women, like, let them take over the world, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I enjoyed that scene enormously when, when Liz, when Liz and, whenever Liz and, and, and Samara are working together, I find myself like, yay, yay, because they kind of bring the best out of each other. They do. Or the, and- for the, the, the most badass out of each other. Yeah, and I feel like Samar sometimes underestimates Liz, and then oh, she's the like... Pink and, the pink and, uh, mm-hmm. you want on pink and perfect on me? Yeah, and I think she does, and then she's like, oh, I was yeah. wrong. That's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love those moments, and I think that both characters, you know, individually, Aram and, and Samar, besides their scenes together... Um, they they really had both beautiful beautiful moments in this. The yeah. actors did terrific. Completely I mean, this agree. this just two episodes were thoroughly, and I know that that word has been thrown and used to the point of it was pretty epic. It was yeah. it was one of it those was. moments. It was built up throughout the season to be to be a a, a season finale that was. Right, basically just reset the whole thing. It was really nice. Yes. Okay, so going into wrestler. Um Wrestler, Gail and Kate, because they were but the wrestler and Gail and Hitchens were all intertwined and it was beautiful. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, maybe Kate Liz and Red for the, the second round. And so because those three kind of go in together. Yeah, Wrestler Hitchens and Gale. Oh my God. Okay, so like most of you that that have listened to us for a while or that follow my blog or anything like that know that I adore Wrestler. Like I, I am a huge Tesla bromance shipper. Or well, bro, bro shipper. There it is. Um, I do not ship them romantically. Um. <laughs> Uh, I bro-ship them. Um, <laughs> there are people, apparently, that, that ship Tom and wrestler romantically. I've run into a couple of people that do. There's so much weirdness. <laughs> I I personally have never seen it. I feel like I stretch it a little for the bromance. Um, <laughs> but I'm okay for that. Tess, Tess is making a face right now. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think she rolls her eyes a little bit at my Tesla, Tesla bit, but... I like I like them together. I actually think that 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 some of of, uh, of wrestlers' best scenes have been with Tom. I, I blame Diego and Ryan for the Tesla broship. I really do because they have some fantastic stuff behind the scenes, in which apparently those two actors get along wonderfully, and I just I love them for it. And they they are actually the reasons that I started broshipping Tom and wrestler as hard as I do. <laughs> Yeah, I want no. that friendship because honestly, Tom needs someone that won't shoot at him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not going to happen. Um, wrestler, however, may be ready to. Um, and and I, I as soon as I as I there was an a see a, a picture going around of him having a photo shoot. And this photo shoot happened in that gray. Uh, it's like cement hallway, like kind of inclined. Mm-hmm. And everybody else but him had a picture taken in that 
in that hallway in season three, and he was only in this in this other um, picture where it was like just basically a, a, ba- a gray bra- backdrop. There was nothing in, in it, just that. And once I saw him going in there and I was seeing the way that the Hitchens relationship thing was going, I knew that this was yes. going to end up with Gray, with Wrestler in the Gray, and Wrestler with a picture taken in that corridor, meaning that he's now in the deep Gray. Yeah. So the night of the episode, it was so funny because I'm sitting there in the room and I watch it. It's It's a it's a household thing we we get together on thursday nights which will be mon- or no wednesday nights next year which is mm-hmm. weird because i i started i came in after we moved to thursday night so i never was on the monday night run um i never it was great yeah i never i never watched it on monday nights it already gotten moved to thursday nights when i came in so i am only a thursday night person it's always been thursday nights with blacklist mm-hmm. so i'm a little I, i'm gonna have some trouble with the wednesday night thing love the fact it's earlier because that means i'll actually get to sleep at a decent hour <laughs> so i'm always so wired after the episodes um but anyway we're sitting there and when Hitchens said you know no i want the boy scout to give me his word because boy scouts don't give up their merit badges easily i i sat there and i like i'm yelling at the tv and i'm like no no rest take you know stick your toe into the gray it's fine come see us in the gray lie to the woman you know <laughs> and I think I put something up on Tumblr about it and then a few scenes later when she died I was like not that deep into the gray wrestler <laughs> oh I knew he was going in I and, and, and I actually I, didn't I thought it would be resolved next season I thought that something like this would happen next season I did not expect her to die at the end of this episode I, I you know I, I gotta say I didn't see that particular coming but I gotta say I loved it I truly loved it. I have um, such mich- mixed feelings about it. You go yeah. first, and then I'll I'll express mine. Um, I, I have I, I I gotta mention before we go in there, I'm gonna mention some things that I think are worthy. First, Diego Klavenhoff did a phenomenal job. So much. This this his scenes with Red, with uh, as Frank Sturgeon, um, and as as um. And, and with um, uh, Hitchens and Gail were absolutely terrific. I, I'm glad that, that he got a, a nice meaty part and that he did a great, wonderful job with them. So that was, you know, kudos to the actor. Then the one thing that, that stuck to my head is this is, wrestler has had his first allies to do illegal things. He's now Frank Sturgeon. Most of the, but the one thing that I was very glad that Red did, for first, the Frank Sturgeon. So yeah. we had Wrestler up set up with his first fake identity in which he had actually now committed a crime. Well, okay, that's fair. I was gonna say it's definitely not his first fake identity. Um, and that's no, not, not undercover, true. not going undercover, but a fake identity. Like he was Frank Sturgeon calling uh, the cleaner to <laughs> come and do something about the body. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yes. Um, I mean because he hadn't really committed a crime outside of the disposing of a body after it, it wasn't wow. it wasn't probably criminal it was just at the best probably would have been manslaughter but um where when he killed um hitchens 
It would have no, been, no, no, you know, that, yes, yes, that. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about before, I'm trying to think. Um, well, he's been undercover, but, but yeah, undercover, undercover in stuff. the job is a very different thing than an yes. identity under which under which he obtained um, is sort of illegally and, and hiding the the source of this of this um, evidence in order to procure the bullet and keep it himself so that he could trade it. And I love the fact that Red gave the bullet to, to Wrestler. And there was, there was a, a, a moment of, you know, it's one of those little details that in the blacklist just speak a lot. Red didn't keep the bullet, and that bullet was writing everything. Well, he gave to it be, to Wrestler. It was, to it was a, fair, a respect thing. Well, I, I agree with that, but... He actually gave Revan Wright over to Wrestler, whom he took to the mortician who pulled the bullet out and gave it to Wrestler. But mm. I do see it very much as Red takes these people who are at a tipping point and lets them make their own decision. When yes. Liz was standing over Tom, and Tom's you know been shot three times, not going anywhere on his own. And Red has a bullet, you know, has a gun to his head. Liz says, stop, I'll handle it. And Red let her. It was her decision. It was her call what happened. He left. Mm -hmm. Same way in which he, he leaves it in wrestler's hands if he wants to go the direction of using that bullet to save his, his friends or if he wants to continue on. The justice. In yeah. The, yeah. And which... By the way, I, I need to I need to put it out there. The fact that he, as much as it pained him, as much as I'm sure he felt like he had failed Revan Wright, and I'm sure he did, because he is, he is a truly decent guy. He is. I think that he felt like he failed Revan, but he was willing to do that and to put up with that weight on his own soul. To save his team. That loyalty is something that he didn't used to have. When when Liz first came in. And, and he's developed it over this. This isn't the first sign of it certainly. But mm -mm. Th this is an extreme. that It's a new step that he's taken. And I've been talking to a few. I, I put out a post um, on Tumblr. Asking for, for wrestler fans to weigh in on the whole situation. Because I, I truly wanted a response. And I, I've had some very differing opinions on it and th they're all valid opinions they're all fantastic opinions it's, it's very much an interesting viewpoint on what happened but I I was going somewhere with that oh my gosh <laughs> um, I think that, that where you were going it was a, it was a nice um, there was there was a, a good way they did this 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 choice that he has to make. And and I think that, you know, when you go into theories, I mean, you're, you're taking now, you were talking about the character, character perspective, what he meant for him to have to make that decision between two things that are, is his team whom he makes the point to Gail that we're doing a great job. We're putting away yes. criminals. These were not victims. These were perpetrators. These were all criminals, people doing illegal things, people killing each other. I mean, are you going to cry over Mako Tanita? Are yeah. you going to cry over Berlin? I mean, Mako Tanita that destroyed not just 
other human beings. I believe it was a drug trade that he was involved in. But he destroyed the Reddington Task Force that Gail worked with. He went after and slaughtered them. He com- All he of asked them. yes, he asked them or he forced them into committing Simpuku, which is one of the most painful sort of deaths of disembowelment. Yeah, they, and he threatened to go after their families if they I mean, didn't do it. I mean, so, so we're yeah. talking, I mean, there is this is a very very interesting point and I am glad that instead of going for some soapy um, storyline for wrestler, they went with something that has real, real meat and and fodder for theories here. Because what I'm seeing it from a purely theoretical point, just the theories of the blacklist, is that when they did this, they put wrestler in a position very much red like. The wrestler had never understood what intelligence really mean not intelligence and the mental intelligence intelligence as opposed to police work Spy work. Uh, espionage yeah. um and and i think that that this had given him in a personal painful way and deep understanding of what it means what it is that spies do what is the difference between the cop and intelligence? The cop doesn't have that that choice. The cop has the law, and the law says that if you commit a crime, you have to pay for it, regardless of who the victim is. The intelligence, intelligence, espionage, no, spies know that sometimes you gotta let a little crime go in order to get the big criminal in order to do things. And and basically the way they work around is like it's what i always say a spy is a criminal working for their countries everything they do is illegal it's in in a way if you look at at the things in black and white it's immoral and 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 i think that part of the of what draws me to the blacklist is i've always been very fond of spies and intelligence and espionage because of it and i think of what it does what it, it has done is it created the the human the human face to the people who make choices that are daunting every day in order to keep us all safe. And in doing that they, they, they really dance on a blade. What was it that Aram said as they were dragging him out of the courtroom? He said mm-hmm. He said, you know, put us on trial. We'll talk about choices that we have to make. We'll talk about what's done to make us safer. I mean, he he was shouting. He said, "You want to write something down? You write that down." And mm-hmm. he he was making a very valid point that they make yes. dangerous, hard choices. These, these are not Every easy day. choices that they make. And, and listen, the was, same was, thing. was it was it Red that said that one time that the the morality that yeah that was one of my favorite speeches. Mm-hmm. The the people there's zealots that that choose one thing one side and they stick to them, but it takes a, a um. It takes a, a, a um, it takes a valor or, or to every day courage. make had the courage? courage courage to make each day the decision what's right for that day for that situation, and I think that in in Lisa the same thing you know when they studied the the Reddington Tank Task Force in Quantico. Uh, we will be in a panel discussing the pros and the cons, but for now, um, let's get through. And, but but my point was, 
by choosing to make this into into wrestler storyline, they really have come to a circle with with Red that started in in um, in uh, Anslow Garrick and continued through Mako Tanita. Red tells wrestler that he was in a point like him and he embarked in a revenge mission and Red gives him the head of Mako Tanita. It was in a, a side to silence wrestler, which is what Gail doesn't get at all. It wasn't a gift or it wasn't a payback. It was understanding. Red was saving he Red was saving wrestler from being from becoming the criminal. He was mm-hmm. saving his innocence very much as as if he did for Liz. Yes. Saving that innocence, saving the 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 Boy Scout. I think that Red has kind of like I was talking about earlier that Red and Cooper have a strange sort of respect for each other in which doesn't always come across as respect because of the way they speak to each other. I think that that Red has a strange odd sort of respect for wrestler and the fact that he sees this man who is yes he sees him as naive yes he sees him as irritating sometimes because he gets in the way of what he's done but i think in a way red looks at him and goes this is what could have been like i like he misses that 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 ability that that ability Ability to look at black and white like he I can't I, in his world okay i i disagree there i don't think that red ever had it in him in fact he said i wish i could have been a boy scout i i romanticized uh well, that's what i mean by it yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. something he that, never that he wished it. That it would have been yeah oh okay okay i was reading like you know he was like that no i don't think he was i think that red has always I think he been... might have been more like that at one time probably not 100 percent though not no, nearly I mean, to the degree wrestler was no he, he was it's, always he always said that he was a you know criminally criminally in in inclined because he, he went for for espionage most people who go there is because they already have the tendencies and they choose to use them for a good cause yeah. we, we tend to think of people who keep us safe for being good but if you really think about what they do, they they lie, they extort, they seduce, they press, they they do all kind of illegal things in order to obtain information. Yeah. And and that information keep us safe in the choices that these people make, like the choice but wrestler the, had to the make. If people saw what they did, they'd never be able to wrap their minds around it. Yeah. And and that is exactly what they did. They put wrestler in that peculiar situation. It is. It is the numbers. I see. You were talking last uh, podcast about the numbers. It's about the numbers. Mm-hmm. The numbers make a difference. How many people they have put away? How many people have been saved because of the work they do? And that none of the people that Red have killed, with a few exceptions, I could probably point out a few that really were not criminals and, and probably shouldn't have died. But, but in their vast majority, None of them were outstanding citizens. I mean, right. come on, Diane Fowler. She was in, in the cabal's pocket. Yeah. She was, you know, she was also, she actually gave the plans, made a, found a way to give the plans to authorize a deadly uh, incident, incursion into the post office that left many innocent FBI forces dead. Dead, and, injured, etc., etc. Et it could have killed yeah. wrestler. Could have killed many people. Did kill. kill did kill uh, Lily. I mean, she died yeah. from it. 
and they and they kill a bunch of the guards right? as they come in. They they were like dead dead people. Those are FBI officers as well. All over there was a trail of dead people. Yeah. And 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 so you know Fitch was complicit in all that. He ordered that incursion. So there is not a single person in there that you cannot say. You know what? It was jail or that. And maybe in this world that is not the worst thing to happen. But they gave Wrestler that choice, and that choice took away his innocence. Yeah. And once he was out of the innocence, then we get to that very famous moment uh, with with Hitchens, in which he... And I think we then go into Wrestler and Gail, because that was very interesting in Uh, Gail Hitchens. uh, I was going to say, the the Hitchens thing... um, I, I... I don't know. I mean, I we could discuss this until the. House oh yeah. Well, oh. I was gonna say. I, I said, you know, you say your piece, and then I was gonna say mine because I think we have very different perspectives we come at from it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I am very much. I mean, I'm not saying you're not a wrestler fan. You, you tend to be more of a practical approach to everybody and i i have a very emotional approach to people i mean i'm a shipper i am i'm a character analysis yeah, I'm, I'm that, that tends to be a much more emotional approach mm-hmm. to the characters i'm okay admitting that it's just a different approach and it's it's fun to have different approaches if we both agreed on everything it'd be a very boring podcast oh um, yes i agree i agree yeah no doesn't go anywhere so um i mean that's that's half the fun of discussing and, and debating back and forth with wrestler i I found the whole thing with Hitchin. I, I knew it was coming to a point. I've been telling my, my fellow wrestler fans, I said, guys, I know you feel like he hasn't had a great deal of storyline. I know that in 3B, they felt like he really got shoved to the background. It but happens. he was all over I, the 3A. I, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying that I, I kept telling everybody, I said, there's something coming with Hitchin. There's something coming with Hitchin. You've just got to be patient. This is how the writers do it. They bring certain storylines forward. I said, his is coming. You've just got to breathe. And it, it's it's easier to say that when they're not your very favorite. Your very favorite characters always. You want to see more and more and more and more. I, I have witnessed this and in the last spiel of four when, when Ryan's... Uh, filming schedule did not line up with the blacklist because of redemption and i'm sitting there going i miss tom <laughs> i know that you can't have him on there because he was busy filming redemption while you were filming these episodes but you should have found a way um so like i understand that you know when when the logical side says this does not add up on the storytelling line and the emotional side says but i want my favorite here um anyway but wrestler i i've been waiting for this this storyline in some form or fashion to come forward and when Revan's body came out of that barrel (laughs) I just I'm sitting there going oh my gosh it was like a kick to the gut I'm just going ah we have Revan and and we have a date yeah, yeah, we have that. We too. have a date. I love dates. Which puts yeah, now I, I that makes so much, much sense. I feel very much like Gail. I love dates. You know? <laughs> I made a gif of that and I said, I too love dates. <laughs> um but and so when they that, pulled that head, it was beautiful. It was, it was. And then they did the bullet out and just wrestler being willing to give up everything for this. 
And I've had a lot of discussions with people over on Tumblr. And, and like I was saying earlier, total respect for the various... And I was telling someone today, uh, the day that we we're, were recording this, I said, I asked for opinions. I said, honestly, I, I said, some I agree with, some I don't. I said, but I asked for opinions. I said, I love all the different opinions. It's been fantastic. You know, some people think that he meant to hit her. Some people think that he didn't. Right now, where I, you know, after watching Slowed Down Gifts, after, and because I, I have really studied the scene because it, it really hit me hard because Wrestler has been portrayed as a man that is very traditionally solid. He doesn't agree. I, I don't care if she's a woman. You know. I, I've seen various conversations about if it matters if she's a woman, if it doesn't, if it matters that she has a place of power, if that trumps the fact she's a woman. I've seen so many conversations. It comes down to, in my opinion, it he was he was it's in a place. It, it was. I do not think he meant to kill her. I'm not even sure he. Yes and no that he meant to hit her. I think it was a reaction it was an, an irrelevant thing he yeah. was he was coming he yes. was in there and he was in tremendous turmoil yes and exactly. she is yes. mocking and oh it almost felt like she meant to say you know uh well you're gonna do anything i want and it almost felt like he was gonna say well right now you're gonna kiss me and well, I mean, it, it almost had a little like comeuppance to her. She said, "I want you to know your place in this marriage." And just the way she was coming at him, and she—it was, was a provocation. It was, and then she grabbed him, and she wouldn't give his his badge ID over. Back. She grabbed him, and just like, I'm sorry, like like gender doesn't matter in that situation. I I don't I don't think like for me as a fan it. It bothered me because of the way it bothered me in the fact that that I thought that the writers made a very specific choice in that, and so not bothered me in the fact that I think less of wrestler, but makes me wonder well, why they chose that. Like I, I'm kind of curious why he didn't pull I, his gun on her. I don't but, think that because the pulling the gun would have been a very different choice, and a and a and, a, and it would have been a choice in which um, that. Okay, good things, bad things happen to good people. It's something that yeah. Red tells Liz. And I think that had they pull a gun, that's a very different situation. That is the Liz kind of situation where she pulled a gun to defend this. This is a man who was already troubled. And, and, I, and to me, I, I honestly couldn't care less whether he meant to just, you know, get free of her, meant to swing back at her, meant to just simply push her away from him. It doesn't really make any difference because to me what it felt like is she was taunting him and he reacted in anger and in, 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 in anger and exasperation and intense emotional pain. Yes. And the end result of that, which to me was an accident, it yes. was not that he was meant, meaning... To hit her and kill her, it was just he was meaning to get away from her. I exactly, exactly. And, like and, I've and had a lot of trouble wording it correctly, and I, I do fully agree with that. And I think that is from, and from a fan point of view, and from wrestlers' point of view, are going to be very different. From a fan point of view, looking at the Boy Scout, looking at the man that we've come to know over the last four seasons, 
that is key. Which you exactly what you just said is absolutely key for us as fans. We need to know that. For him, I think it probably happened so fast that Wrestler isn't even sure of what the reality, what he was thinking, what he was feeling, if it was intentional, if it wasn't. I think he and, wanted to, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a moments where you don't really know what you're doing. You exactly. just run out of there. You want that yes. person to let go of you. So, and, and that can, that is a typical situation that can evolve into a terrible, a terrible accident, which is what happened. Yes. Um, you know, whether he was meaning to just get out, you know, push her back and, you know, putting her hands on a woman, his hands on a woman, or whether he meant to just get get free from her grabbing him, whatever it was, it really was an emotional reaction in a moment of, of what was really intense emotional pain for yeah, him. Yeah, but he never... never never meant to kill her and but no. i do think and what i was trying to say was that it's for us as fans coming to that conclusion i think is one thing but wrestler because of the situation because it happened so fast in such an emotionally heavy situation i doubt he even knows what why, he wanted why? and what he was trying to do and so but why did he call the cleaner and so the fact that he called the cleaner means that he feels guilty and whether he should or not, I personally don't think he should feel guilty over that. I, I love wrestler. You think he's guilt? I think he's trying to cover it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we there. He's trying to cover it up, but people, why is he trying to cover it up? People cover up things that they feel guilty about. No, they cover also, they, co they cover things up because they realize that the truth doesn't matter. It's a perception of truth. And that's possibility as well, but I don't think he's thinking clearly like that right now. I, I think, think that, that wrestler, he did. I, you know, I, I, I think that wrestler is a, like I've said multiple times, and, and I, I keep repeating this because Liz has, because it's been a recent episode in which Liz has said this, that he's a good good man there was a reason that that whole speech came up it wasn't just a yay let's pat wrestle the back it was there was a purpose to to liz's speech the other day about him being the embodiment of of what an fbi agent should be she was making a point mm -hmm. and the fact that this happened i think that wrestler feels so shaken by it he doesn't know what to do. I don't know if he called Red or if he called the cleaner. I don't know which one he called. He may have called Red and gone, I don't know what to do. And Red said, let me handle this for you. Stay put. And yeah. brought the cleaner in. Because someone made the comment on Tumblr and said, how did he pay for a cleaner? That's, that's expensive. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never killed anybody and had to have someone clean it. So I don't know what those go for. I'm sure there are people that do that, but right. I wouldn't know it, how to contact them. But I can only imagine how expensive they are, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, you, you come at it from, from, from that point of view. I come at it from the point of view of he had just given up the, the quest for, which wasn't really so much justice as basically we came to a revenge because in in Reverend Wright, he was actually just enacting his father's killer go free and all this. And in that moment when he had done that, Wrestler had stepped into the gray. He had stepped into the world that Rhett lives in. And he had, and this time faced with this, I think that Wrestler an intelligent man realized that it doesn't matter how what the thing is is what is going to look like and at that point he realized there is no evidence in this scene that says that 
something bad didn't happen here, that I didn't do this on purpose. And I think that at that moment, knowing the implications of Hitchens and that she's cabal, there is only one way to go ahead with this, and that it is to continue to salvage. Because he's also, there is not just, now we're not talking about simply Red being the bad guy. Wrestler has now completed a transition from the FBI goody guy who wouldn't complete an assassination because I'm sure he didn't miss. He's noted for mark, marksmanship um, in on Red and Brussels in 2008. He is now fully in the gray, having understood the consequences of, of law and how sometimes they just don't serve the purpose they should. And this kind of world is necessary. And now you got the next agent coming in full of hatred for Red, who has left, whose obsession with Red had caught up and had become a raging, which is willing to destroy everything, including a friend for it, in which anybody who collaborates with Red becomes instantly a criminal. So that's what I come from it, from from Gail. And I think Gail waits on the situation. So Wrestler is no longer able to make a decision without considering that they have mm-hmm. a bulldog on their trail. And that's that's a good possibility. That's a very, very good and valid way to come at it. Because you're right, they do. A bulldog is a very good way to put it. Yeah. He's, he has so, a bone and he's not going to let go. No, he's not, which... Which is interesting. I I have such... Let's move into Gale a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I noticed that I thought of was that... You see a bit of a parallel with the task force working with Red. And on a smaller scale, Gale working with Kate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could have gone on. That could have gone on for a long time. Um, I mean, I'm don't get me wrong. I'm not saying writers please drag things out because mm-hmm. no, they can't. I, I, I at least I at least know from your from the you know online viewership, we're not a fan of things getting dragged out. <laughs> but it, it could have theoretically, it could have gone on for ages in which Gail and Kate were working together. I mean, they worked together several episodes, even if they hadn't spoken, because mm-hmm. she delivered the bodies to him. And, yeah. and so you had that, and I'm I'm still to this this moment trying to find out, and I, you know, how is that any different? Because he handed her immunity for handing him Raymond Reddington. Raymond Reddington had immunity for handing them blacklisters, for handing the mm-hmm. FBI blacklisters. So, I mean, there is nothing to say that Kate wouldn't have gone on and done illegal things because she did illegal things in order to bring red red down yeah she killed a lot of innocent people including the guy who lost the eye yeah and i'm sitting there going you're a little focused there sweetheart you know (laughs) so it's but it's fascinating to me with gail that that he is so focused on red and that makes me think it's intensely personal um yeah for his 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 aim at Red, because Wrestler was able to step back, because I remember an Ansler Garrick, and, and I love the Ansler Garrick. I, th- I feel like that's a fandom-wide thing, that the Ansler Garrick episodes were, like, fan favorites. Mm-hmm. 
I love them. Um, they... Hang on. Give me two seconds. I'll recapture that thought. God. We're gonna have to wrap You were up. talking about... You were talking about how the... Um, how wrestler was able to say how did you do it how do you turn yes, back thank you thank you and so you, you had wrestler in the anzo garrick episodes that said i made because uh red, red made the comment he said you hate me but you're trying to save my life and he said yeah i may hate you but my job is to save your life and 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 the, then the, the opposite happened in that episode yeah, which, which is, which is funny. wrestler but, says but the, but the point is that that it was wrestler's job to save his life. So wrestler was able to put a put aside his personal feelings about it and to do the do right the thing. Job and do yeah. do the right thing. Gale is not. Yes, they are saving tons of lives this way, but Gale is not able to see that. All he sees is red in his evil. He sees the glass half empty, not half full. And so that makes me believe because Gale's not stupid. Gale is incredible incredibly intelligent maybe a little crazy maybe he tilted off of that you know fine line between brilliance and sanity somewhere along the way but he is incredibly intelligent and so there has to be something that tilted him off into the crazy land in which he is you know oh, he's, barking at red he's heels. terrific because he just one little step ahead if the day that he crosses into the gray he is going to be a force to be reckoned with mm. And I love that scene of Gail with Red in the car. Oh my gosh, those two were amazing. I need more of that. I I, I think that they've signed him as a season regular for five. I think, I think so. I think it, because at this point, they they only have two things oh. with him. I, they can... Enrique made the comment on Tumblr that he was going to be around for season five. So I know he's going to be around at least for a little bit. And so No, no. They think they, they when they brought him on, I think they were, they were bringing him on as a, as a regular. I hope so. I hope he stays. Yeah. I, I hope they eventually work him into the task force because. I think that's the point. At I, this point, they get no other choice. I, I've been Jen, doing... what are they going to do? They got to sign him on on the task force. He knows. He knows so too now much. There's, exactly. So there's Join only two die. things. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not the kind that he's going to be like, um, what was that woman's name? I think it was Janet too. Janet McNamara. It's, this is not a cabin in California and you're going to go and just stay safe. Gail got nothing to get a handle on him. So either you bring him on or you kill him. Yeah, it's going to be one or the other. And I, I hope that they eventually find a way to bring him on because while I'm irritated with him because I'm like, I've got such mixed emotions about Gail because I'm like, stop going after my task force. I will end you. I then the other you. part of me goes, but I love you because you're so freaking quirky. <laughs> I, I love because he gets in, in Red's head. I mean, he could get, he knows what Red is doing, the things he's doing. Have you noticed it, he has very similar uh, um, body language as Red? James has, I, I don't know if it's a James Spader. I haven't, I know this is going to make me a terrible Blacklist fan, but this is only the second thing i've seen james spader in the other being stargate um okay. i i'm probably going to get sad That's faces okay. for that um <laughs> um but anyway regardless i at least oh no, no no that's not true um um he did the voice for ultron in mm -hmm. in uh um, the Avengers and and Ultra. If anything, because usually they go off of the actor for it. He did a lot of head bobbling, so I think the head bobbling thing is a James Spader thing. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to go on a limb there and say that. And so, but um, but Gail does a lot of 
head bobbling. And so I don't know if that's an intentional move on the actor's point or or if it's just a similar acting bit. Yeah. Uh, okay, where are you going with this? I'm just, this saying it's, I'm just saying it's interesting that they have very similar body language when they speak. A lack of personal space sometimes and some head bobbling and just the way they speak. I don't know. I'm just saying there's some interesting, mm. interesting points there. Either... Either Gail has been studying Red too long, or they have they share some uh, some underlying. Oh, oh Daddy, I found you. <laughs> no, I'm not saying they're related. Oh my gosh, we have a new theory, everybody. New Daddy Gate theory. <laughs> Gail is really Red's son. <laughs> hey, I don't know. <laughs> Gail and Liz are actually siblings. Who knew? Well, we've said we've said that there is the blacklist is just a huge family drama. Oh my gosh! Insert new crazy family theory here. So, uh, what I Not love what I the meant. fact, and, and I gotta say, uh, kudos to the writers and and uh, and creators because what they have done is nothing short of brilliant with with Gail and Hitchens and Wrestler, because look at this: you get red, red uses. Red and Dressler use uh, Reverend Wright to create. So basically, a problem that that Reverend create that that Wrestler created um, is now solved and, and handed it as as a weapon to use against to convince Hitchens to help them. Hitchens threatens Gale. So what's going to happen? He threat she threatens Gale in a very public manner. Gail goes at her. Now, that was brilliant. I yes. love that. And look what is going to happen. Now she either disappears or appears dead because sometimes she doesn't disappear. They, like the, with a guy, he, he just, the, when he opens that he takes a woman who have killed the husband accidentally and he just push him off a balcony and then, you know, mask the, the things like that. Almost like a little bit of shades of Ray Donovan. So what, what happens is What's gonna what people are gonna believe is that Gail killed her. I hadn't even thought about that. That's yes, brilliant. Tessa it's... Tessa, I think we found your new calling. <laughs> Covering up murders. <laughs> it was so funny while we were watching it. I'm sitting there and I went, Oh my gosh, writers would be excellent at this. And the roomie looks at me like, Don't say these things. <laughs> Not out <Yeah>. loud. <laughs> I said, but I'm not it, saying that I've got my new calling. Oh, my God. I'm not going to cover up murders. I'm just saying that writers would be really good at it. <laughs> and I, I would not be surprised if, if what happens is that Red gets hold of something that can get Gail in, uh, in, involved in this, like a piece of evidence planted there or whatever. So now Gail has two choices, work with them or work with them. <laughs> work with them or go to prison for a murder he didn't commit. Exactly. Yep. So it's... I like I, that. I, I love the way that they created this thing, that it was, that you're getting almost like, it's like parallel mirrors. It's like mirroring situations, but the mirrors, every time the mirror is a little slanted, so you don't get an, a, an exact image, you get a little bit, and then the next one is a little slanted. Before you know it, you've gone for a circle. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant writing. I mean, after these two episodes, if I was before, I love the the writers. Now I'm like, in 
all of them, they picked up so many little things going on from all these dangling ends that have been leaving. They have. And, and that's what I keep telling people. I'm like, listen, I used to be one of those people that harped and harped and harped on continuity. And now all I'm saying is patience. Have patience. They know what they're doing. And I'm not wrong. I'm sorry. I'm not trying. I'm not being the egotist here. They are just that good. <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying right. I finally clued in. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and eventually others will as well. It's great. And a lot of people have. So something interesting that caught my attention, because you and I have talked a lot about parallels and, and reoccurring mm-hmm. things. And and when something's reoccurring multiple times, key in. And this may or may not be anything, but it's something that I keyed in on. Uh, season 2, Tom mentioned Cape Town to, to uh, Bud. In mm-hmm. which something happened in Cape Town to make Tom think that Bud would never betray him. So he him. saved his life. Yeah, that, that, that's the understanding. That's, that's yeah. my assumption anyway. I mean, and we have to be careful about assumptions because there's some it's assumptions sometimes get blown out of the Yeah, it's the blacklist. They get blown out of the water. But something happened in Cape Town between Tom and the Major that made Tom believe the Major would never turn on him. No matter what he did. Mm-hmm. That, that was big enough. And so that's, yeah, saving his life is probably a fair assumption. Cape Town was mentioned. Now, South Africa has been mentioned before by Red. I don't think it was Cape Town, but it was South Africa. I am looking for those. Um, but... um, the Mombasa cartel had a shell company in South Africa. A man in Johannesburg put a $4 million bounty on Red's head. One of Crispin Crandall victims vanishes in Johannesburg. Jacob Phelps did something with a major in Cape, Cape Town. Town and Harold in the in Redemption told Tom that he had found Whitehall as a line Howard item, a warehouse Howard. in a remote area. Huh? Howard, not Harold. Oh yes, Harold. Yes. I do that far too often. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that the, those are the being the mentions of Cape Town. Uh, and it's very, very interesting because um but now you can add to that Red and Gale ran across each other in Cape Town because Red was doling out all the places they had met up and where was the Mm -hmm. last place he saw them, and Cape Town was mentioned. I have no idea if they're linked. They may just be names that they threw out there. I I have a habit. Also London and Ho Chi Minh City. Yes, yes. In London, he he has a thing with with, uh, MI6. Yeah. Um, but I, I have a thing as a writer. I use certain cities that I'm fond of, you know, foreign cities that I'm fond of that I go back to. You always hear me talk about Salzburg, Vienna, London, Paris, et cetera, et cetera, that, that I tend to go back to in my writing when I'm writing fan fiction stuff. When I need a foreign city, I grab one that I've been to, that I love. That may be it's what easier. it is. Yeah, because if you've been there, then you, you have at least a little bit of a, an understanding of a it. Sense, yeah. It may be that the Johns have been there, or whoever, you know, are writing the episode at the time has been there. But I still think it's worth pinning in your mind the fact that mm-hmm. Red mentioned Cape Town. Yeah, and, and for those who, who are interested in the, in the geography, in my blog, I do have a tab... Uh, that is geography clues, and I, you know, at the end of each season, I tend to to um, to update it. So it's updated right now up to season three, but it has basically all the clues by by country, and they are pretty much giving a picture. So I think that that they may be more than just cities that they like. 
Yeah. It's a good possibility. I just wanted to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because as a writer, I mean, I'm not nearly on their level. But, I mean, there is very vague things that I can at least acknowledge that as a writer, you know, this is what I do. It's a possibility. That's the route they take. It's just, it's... Sometimes I feel like we look for clues where they possibly aren't, but other times <laughs> I feel like everything may be a clue. I think I <laughs> depends think you're on right. the day. <laughs> it really depends on the day. If I feel like everything's a clue, or maybe nothing means anything, and I'm just going back to bed. Um. <laughs> well, well, we are added. One thing that is very interesting in here is the beautiful nod to Glengarry Glen Rose that they did with the salesman and the knives. It was great. It was I love when they do those nods. That scene when Red comes in and there's a, the car salesman and he just you know grabs the knife and says yeah. you keep to keep your your fingers. It was great. I have no idea what that is. So. Oh, it's a very good movie. Okay, <laughs> that's. Like like I, I was telling Tessa before we actually started recording, I said I'm a little like Tom when it comes to pop culture. I either know it or I don't. There's a lot mm-hmm. that I just it goes straight over my head and I go, Wait, what? <laughs> you know. People will quote a movie and I'm going, What? But if it's something I've seen, if it's something I love, I know it in depth. And so I, I'm hundred percent one way or the other typically. Um, so are we wrapped up on Gail? Is that about the end for Gail? I think so. All right, then let's cut it here. Uh, This is a very long podcast because there was so much information for the finale. It's, Mm -hmm. we we don't want to cut it short, and so... We're, we're going to go ahead and split this into two. We, we didn't know for sure if we were when we started, but as we get deeper into it, it just, it seems like it's better to cut it into two for, for time's sake. So we'll go ahead, I'm... I'll get this edited down. Hopefully it'll be up on Sunday. That's fingers crossed that we can get this mm-hmm. up on Sunday because we, because of time scheduling and such, we had to record later than we usually do. But we'll try to get up on Sunday, Monday at the latest, and then we'll have um, we'll have the second part edited down and up next Friday or Saturday will be the goal. Um, but we'll, we'll cover Kate, Liz, and Red kind of in in unison on that second mm-hmm. round because there's just so much there and honestly if we were to cover them in the same one we'd probably be here for three hours mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know Tessa and I can talk but <laughs> so uh, we hope to see you next time we will be on for an extra week now apparently um, so we can cover this you can find us on SoundCloud iTunes and YouTube and feel free to leave us comments. Yeah, and do tune up for the next part where we are going to cover the three major players of this episode. Yeah, because, I mean, while, while the ones we've covered so far are huge in it, Kate, Liz, and Red are where it's at right now. Um, that was the finale, Kate, Liz, and Red. And so and another, um, another one that ends up with a father uh, revelation. As all the previous ones. Yeah. And so you can leave us a comment on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Tumblr. We'd love to hear back from you guys. If you have anything you'd specifically like us to cover with Kate, Liz, and Red, just let us know. We're happy to to poke at it. And so um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. 
Until the next time. Till next week. Bye-bye.